Hey there, everybody. Brad Geiger here with a quick show note. Uh, David and I were overjoyed to be able to record this episode of Comic Lab with a man who is a longtime good friend of ours, Scott Kurtz. This is a show we've wanted to do for a long time, and we were thrilled that it was finally happening. Uh, however, at the end of the recording session, we noted that there was a little something wonky going on with David's microphone, and we were faced with the unfortunate decision of do we try to re-record that session and try to recapture some of those magic moments, or do we do the best with what we had captured? Uh, luckily, we had audio engineer Matt Woodard on our side, and he did a Herculean job of mitigating that sound distortion that had been uh, captured. Uh, however, you will still notice just a little difference between uh, Dave's uh, usual dulcet, melodic voice and uh, the recording in this episode. That notwithstanding, I think this is one of the best episodes we've done, and I am thrilled to be able to present to you a Comic Lab featuring Scott Kurtz. Abraham Ben Ruby, um, who was on a TV show in college called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I was in college, at least. <gasps> I remember that. That was kind he of was like Kubiak. a Ferris Bueller type story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, um, oh, the Ferris Bueller show sucks, so we'll make a good Ferris Bueller show. Yeah. But he was also on ER, and he was in my favorite Western. And um, so I was like, oh my God, it's Kubiak. And, and <laughs> Corey's like, who? And I'm like, oh, he's on this show in college that we loved. And. And he was on ER, and he's in my favorite Western, and I'm gonna, I gotta go say hi. So I went over, and um, I introduced myself, and he's like, oh, um, thank you. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a big fan, and you'll always be Kubiak, and I, I'm sorry if you don't like hearing that. And he's like, no, no, we had so much fun. And he's like, what are you here for? And I told him, he's like, oh, you're Scott Kurtz? Oh, my God. You were, like, right there at the beginning of web comics. Like, you're a big deal. And, and, and wow. Corey's like, uh-oh. And I was like, no, this isn't <laughs> happening. So... We were hanging around, and and you know Abraham's like, oh, what what else are you working on? We want to come on your, I want to come on your podcast. Let's play D and D. Let's just play. And I'm like, yeah. oh, we're gonna start playing on online. You should play with us. He's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. And so we're sitting there watching. Um, we're in the green room. We're watching Joe and his personal trainer, Joe Manganiello, and this wrestler called the big show <laughs> yeah and they're all playing D&D they're all these big bodybuilder types and uh, Abraham goes when did D&D players get so good looking and I said who's good looking on that who's good looking on that stage and he's like they're all really good looking look Joe's good looking I go they're all built but are they good looking he goes Joe's good looking I go is he or do you keep thinking about his wife and going god Joe must be good looking <laughs> Because <laughs> if Joe's wife was interested in me, you'd think Scott's good looking, and oh I'm yeah, not. <laughs> Scott's a babe. Wow, Scott's in good shape. Now backtrack a little bit. Where where were you that you were taping and everything? What what event was this? Um, so uh, Dungeons and Dragons parent company, Wizards of the Coast, used to pay tens of thousands of dollars for me and my friends to go on stage and uh, and pretend to be uh, D&D people. And then mm -hmm. uh, they got tired of spending all that money on one event <laughs> with one group and decided to more yeah. to be smart about it. And they started having these yearly streaming events where they would have a ton of different basically D&D shows come and, and perform live. And what they did this year is they rented it the first year they did it uh last year they did it in seattle but this year they did it in la and they rented a lot a studio lot and they built a set like they built the town of Waterdeep, like a movie set mm. of uh of a medieval town square and um that's where they played the game wait, wait, wait and were you physically walking through the, the yeah. set like and now we're going to go into the pub yeah there was there was a tavern there was a blacksmith there were shops and there were some partners of Watsi there, and each of the shops um, was one of the partners. So um, there's a video game company called Codename Entertainment in Canada, and they make a Dungeons & Dragons video game uh, called Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. 
and Binwin is going to be added to that game. They're putting Binwin in the game. Ooh. Um, oh, that's super fun. Yeah. That's so they asked really if I exciting. would come out and because so people could watch the stream at home and they had all these celebrities playing D&D. But if you paid, you could come for the day in L.A., get a tour of the set and then watch them play D&D live. So when you got a tour of the set, they had all these extras walking around pretending they were citizens of Waterdeep. And the bar actually, the tavern actually sold booze. Oh, that's awesome. So you could like walk around the set, <laughs> pretend you were in Waterdeep, see the different booths, get some beer, and then a fight would break out on the street, like a real sword fight. Oh, wow. Because they had some of the, some of the actors were uh, people that did the, the live, you know, fighting with real swords. So like everyone would be hanging out. They'd have kind of meandered around the booth like it's a convention. But instead of cosplayers or actors pretending to be actual people in medieval times. And then um, all of a sudden someone would be like, give me your weapon. He's like, take it from me. And then there'd be a fight. Yeah, it was cool. They did that like this is just like the food court. It was just like the food court at Comic-Con, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. (laughs) So, yeah, I got to (laughs) I got to spend a couple days in L.A. doing that. That was pretty fun. And then um. There's like a bunch of people that are kind of in the Hollywood, I guess, L.A. scene that love D&D. And so like Matthew Lillard was there and Deborah Ann Wall from True Blood and Daredevil was there and Joe was there. Um, Sam Whitwer, who um, was in The Mist. Oh, who also does the voice? Yeah, he was just in Solo. Yeah. Oops. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam was there. But but what's funny is. So Joe was there because he's a fan. He likes to play, but he has a clothing line. Deborah Ann Wall was there because she loves to play. Matthew Lillard's there because he runs a company that prints D&D stuff. And Whitwer was there because he's printing a book about the history of D&D. Like they are all making things. They're not just there as fans. Right. They're working it. Yeah. They're all like making stuff. That's really smart. It's crazy. When I introduced myself to Sam, he was just really, really excited about his book it's i'm like so you're doing an art book he's no it's not just an art book it's the whole history of D. &D. i mean it's the whole history it's you know how it got started and who was involved and that's a great idea though like they're they're super into it that's super cool yeah it was a little surreal it's kind of weird so i gotta tell you something funny about uh you saw joe's trainer and you saw the size of his arms yes i did so uh for my 40th birthday um, we were doing a game night at my house and, and Joe goes, Hey, I got your birthday gift. And I go, Oh, cool. What, what's that? And he goes, I got your training sessions with my trainer. And I went, Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want this. No, I, Oh no, I don't want this. So this was my 40th birthday. Right. And so a year and a half passed. Oh, maybe no, it was two years passed. And my birthday was coming up. He goes, Hey, you're turning 42. Right. And I go, yeah. He goes, have you taken up that trainer thing that I got you with my trainer? I was like, no, I need to get in shape before I go get in shape. I can't, I can't go to this guy in the shape that I'm in. He's going to destroy me. And he goes, this is the whole point of having a trainer. Just go, just go. And I was so afraid to go. And first of all, he's a really nice guy and really, uh, really creative, really funny. Love sci-fi, but he's also like the, um, uh, the I think it's the 40 and up champion on CrossFit. So like he competes nationally and internationally in CrossFit and he's amazing. Like there's not a single ounce of, right. of fat on him. Every It's like the muscles have muscles. And uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a, a little session. He goes, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to start it slow today. And so we do a CrossFit session and he's like, all right, well, that was pretty good for your first time for, uh, for we went super light. And I was like, Haha, yep, super light. I go out to the, to the uh, parking lot and proceed to barf into a trash bag in my car. That's, yeah. that's, that's how my first session went. <laughs> Did you ever do a second? I was like, all right, great. Handshake, handshake. Thanks so much. Yeah, that was really, that was really fun. I'm just going to go, uh, I'm just going to go barf in my car real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, man. He's crazy. You, now, here's the question. Do you think you pulled one over on him or not? Oh God, no! I might. I was so. You know how like when someone's like, "All right, do a squat, do a do a wall sit, and hold it for two minutes, right?" And yeah. your entire body is just quivering because it's like, "Dear God, let me do anything other than this wall sit." Yeah. And so he was. You know, he, I'm not fooling anybody. Jesus. Ow. Did you go back to him? I I did, and so Gloria was laughing because I, um, 
I started uh, training with his wife, who's also ridiculously in shape, and um, because those were the easier sessions. He's like, why don't I start off with like some easier sessions, right? And you know you're in for a bad workout when I started to pre-plan where I was going to barf. Like I would have a trash can in my car. You need an exit strategy. Yeah, well, I would have a trash can in my car between the two front seats, but then I'd, I didn't want to clean out the trash can, so I would put a um, a sealed plastic bag in the trash can. So then when I got home, I could just take the trash bag and just throw it right in the trash can. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, because I was planning ahead on my barfing. That's what. That's the way I worked oh at. Oh, my God. By the way, uh, unless you think this is in any way uh, bragging that I did CrossFit, I'm not doing it now, and I'm up 30 pounds. So there, there we go. There's the capstone to that to that story. <laughs> oh my God! Holy so, moly! <laughs> so, so Joe, if you're listening, my birthday's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what he wants for his birthday? Jesus, if <laughs> popcorn or the Monks Club? Well, how does it? How how do you survive a a f- like <clears throat> 40 bir- 40th birthdays are already tenuous to begin with and when your friend when your friend joe who is joe for your 40th buys you a personal trainer <laughs> how do you not just go in the backyard and dig a grave and bury yourself <laughs> <laughs> well just to remind you both i waited two uh, years yeah. to do this thing oh, <laughs> like two yeah. years is not a short amount of time it's not like i didn't know where the gift certificate was it was right, right there in my front drawer oh my i knew God. where it was and and he's brought it up to you now so now you're it's like if you don't then you're 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 not using his birthday gift which is an insult so you've got that you got what was use even it. worse is when at my at near my 42nd birthday when he asked me about it again i was at his house and his trainer was standing right in front of me and i was like oh yeah <laughs> i'll be there monday <laughs> yep monday morning cuz once you meet the guy and he's nice you can't be insulting and not go you've got to right. do it so I'm like all right yep i'm already scheduled i'm scheduling on my phone right now okay i'll schedule scheduled up <laughs> got to be, be there monday Woof. did you eat anything before working out uh, my pride, yes. I, I ate my pride. Uh, <laughs> woof. Uh, did I eat anything? I mean, no. The ideal. I think. I think they told me. I think they told me ahead of time, Brad. Just eat like five nuts. Like, don't eat and but drink a lot of water. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're truly working out, uh, your body finds a way to throw oh, up, even yeah. if it doesn't have anything to throw up. It's like, you know what? How about that sandwich we had six weeks ago? We'll find here it is over by your spleen. That's that, that's still floating around down there. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make we'll make that work. All right, send that up, boys. Send that up. The boys doing some CrossFit. You know what's funny is that it was a it was a common occurrence from for us growing up because we lived in Texas where the the sun was about 10 feet from the ground. <laughs> and um, uh, what would happen is in the fall, when school would start, despite the fact that it was September, it was still boiling hot. Yeah. And at some point, the PE teacher would just have you run in laps <sighs> or something. And uh, you would just, you know, pull over and just start vomiting. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what? How do? How do you even do school in in that temperature? Like, what do? You, what do you do? Let's let's go outside and lie on the ground, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, sounds fun. We're gonna sizzle. The worst part was we had. So keep in mind, and it it's you know between f- the end of school and the beginning of school, that that whole summertime it was hot. It, so it was hot when school ended, and it was hot when school started, and there was a reprieve during the winter break. But um, the dress code for our school was no shorts, and that never made sense to me. So really, you'd be yeah, you'd be in school in long pants, and it's a hundred degrees outside. And my high school was an open campus, so it wasn't like, well, just get me in the into the building and I'll cool off, and then I'll be fine. You'd have to at some point walk outside and run to your next class at our high school. This sounds like this sounds like a Charles Dickens character is running the school. Like the children must wear scarves to every class. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> I hate. I, why? Why would you do that to kids, though? What? I don't know. I, you know, my my. Uh, I tried to get my mom involved to make a big deal out of it because we we were like having a discussion with teachers about it. She's like, "That does really doesn't make a lot of sense." My art teacher. I'm like, "Why?" You know, kids are throwing up. Because it's so hot outside, and we're all wearing pants. You'd think that someone upper, someone up in the upper echelon of 
of school administration would say, we should let these kids wear shorts, you know? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you should have your parents bring it up at a, you know, a PTA meeting or something. And I went home and told my mother and my mom was like, I'm, I have way too much going on to worry. Just do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Don't bother me with your shorts. I got stuff going on here. <laughs> Parenting equivalent of get your shit together. I, I ain't got time for this. <laughs> my dad gave me some equivalent of you don't go to school. You go to school to do what they tell you to do, and it's and that's how you learn how to live in the real world or something like that. <laughs> wow. One of my favorite things about Bermuda uh, as a country is have you ever seen it when Bermuda diplomats get together and they're wearing the Bermuda shorts, but they've got long dark socks and dress <laughs> <No>. shoes on. <laughs> They don't look like and they're on vacation. Is, yeah, do a quick Google search because it looks like party at party downstairs, but business up top. <laughs> like, just look up Bermuda and, I don't know, Diplomat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. I'm going to see if I can find diplomat. this. Uh, like, it's so funny when you see them get together and like, we've we've done the communique and, and, and the camera pans down and they're all in shorts with dark socks. It's the funniest thing. I can't find it. They're wearing the official shorts now, of their country land. Which okay, so here's my critique about Bermuda. Like, if you're gonna go shorts, go whole hog. Like, get out, get out some flip flops. Like, what are you doing with the dark socks and the dress shoes? <laughs> They're not savages. Like, but, 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 They're still sophisticates. But who are you scoring? I don't know, Scott. Scott, who are you scoring points with with the dark socks? Like the other guys, like, no, Jim came in flip flops today. He's fired. Well, no, <laughs> he's fired. Well, that's a lot like comics. Oh my God! Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we're. I was just gonna say we're 16 minutes in. At some point, Dave, you've got to say hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, then I will say hi, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, editor of webcomics.com and cartoonist of Evil Inc. And I'm Dave Kellett, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Stripped. And this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab and... Uh, although I have no doubt that that voice needs no introduction, I am going to introduce it anyway. Uh, we are <laughs> wow. really thrilled to be welcomed by and welcoming Scott Kurtz. Our <laughs> I, 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 I fumbled it right at the end. Scott, welcome to Comic Lab. Hey, how's it going? I welcome you to your own podcast. I love how he says, like, I know you. I know this voice needs hey, no everybody. introduction, but uh, I'm not going to say anything. It's Scott. Hey, it's Scott, everybody. <laughs> well, but, like, Scott, for a second there, for a second there, he was like, I'm going to give the full introduction about PvP and Table Titans and all the things you have, but now I'm going to bail out. It's just Scott. It's Scott, everybody. Well, I tripped up <laughs> over welcoming and being welcomed by, and then everything went off the rails. I think you did lovely, Brad. Everyone here agrees you did great. <laughs> Next time you do the introduction. Brad, your your welcome was the equivalent of Bermuda shorts on a suit. That's what that was. <laughs> well, gentlemen. Oh man. It's like it's like getting the it's like getting the band back together. Yeah. I know. It's uh it's been how many years ago did we end Webcomics Weekly? Anybody know? Anybody got oh, a anybody got a fun uh a fun a read on that one? Good question. I'd I'd have to look it up, but it's been it may have been almost ten years by now. Oh my god, really? Has it been ten years since the last time we did a web comics weekly? Oh, well, I mean, the, there's those three that we did for the Kickstarter for the web comics handbook. That's true. Uh, that you know, it, it, but you, they were kind of ancillary. I don't know that you truly count them. Uh, and that was in 2014. And the last one that we did, <laughs> the, the official last one we did was called Reboot. <laughs> <laughs> that worked and out. And it was, uh, according to what I'm looking at here, it was November 27th, uh, 2012. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So six, six years okay. ago. The March of Time Waits for No One. Dang, six years ago. Yeah. Oh, biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. That's a oh. Biscuits. <laughs> And how long, how long ago did we write how to make webcomics? Oh my God. That was 10 years ago. That, because I, I remember uh, mentioning somewhere that it, it was the 10 year anniversary of that book this year. That was 2008. Well, so I, I still have four or five copies in my warehouse. Uh, do you guys know if Image is still actively selling that book? I actually don't you know. know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know that they're actively selling it. 
because if you go to Amazon, I because I did check this out recently. Uh, I'm just going to check it while I'm talking. If you go to Amazon, the only way to buy it is through third-party buyers. Last I checked, I think it's out of print. Yeah. Well, I don't know how that's possible. All our all our data uh, about the internet before Twitter and before Instagram and before <laughs> yeah, before Facebook. No one. Oh, that book is still so relevant. <laughs> I've got a, I've got two or three books. I've got two or three boxes full of those books of the before we uh, caught all the typographical errors. <laughs> I've got all the ones that say unshark mask and all kinds oh, of stuff right. like that. Those are the real collector's items. And and Scott, every winter, oh, every Philly winter, he starts shredding them and stuffing them around the windows. <laughs> Little extra insulation, yeah. mother. <laughs> He's just burning them for <laughs> heat. Come around, children. We're going to warm our hands to unshock mask. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and the only sellers are like third-party sellers. Oh, well, there we go. That does it. Yeah. Nail in the coffin for How to Make Web Comics, everybody. <laughs> we'll pour one out for it How to Make Web run. Comics. Oh, it was a it's all ending. it was a great run. It's all ending. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? That raises that raises a question that I wanted to ask both of you because I thought this would be fun for today's show. Yeah. Speaking of ending, what is uh for both of you? You're both now well ensconced in your career. Everything's going right. But what is the single greatest goal that you have yet to accomplish in your cartooning? Ooh, the single greatest. Oh, oh I've got <laughs> I've got one. Do you want to go first, Scott? No, I gotta think about this. Go ahead. Oh, I, 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 uh, I know exactly what my answer is. Uh, the the singest, single greatest goal that I haven't achieved yet is making it. And 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 here's what I mean. I I I I've, I've always had a goal of you better get busy, buddy. <laughs> making it in terms of I'm not worried about what's going to happen next month, right? I, being secure, being like successful in that I can exhale. And I, I, I've had, I hold on a second. Go ahead. (laughs) I gotta go. Patreon. (laughs) I do like Brad that you basically just said that you're waiting to exhale though. Yes, (laughs) exactly. You're making like eight grand a month drawing tits. <laughs> Take a breath. Oh, no, I, well, that's, I, I, listen, last year I had the best year I ever had, even when I was doing a day job and comics and ads were hitting and everything. I'm still waiting to get to the point where I'm not worried about like what happens if Patreon next month decides that it's going to pull the rug on uh, not safe for work uh, creators. What's going to happen? Well, if- okay. So now this raises a question. Given what Scott just said, are do you think that? Look at your personality. Is there ever going to be a point where you truly exhale, or are oh you always going to be worried? Oh, I no. I honestly don't know. <laughs> but I but when I was young, when I started out, I thought I would get there. I thought that that was an achievable goal, and I I don't know that it is. And and so that's a goal that I I don't know that I'm ever going to achieve. Have you ever? Have you ever been handed a really small dog and it's just shaking and you're like, oh, this poor piece of shit. (laughs) What are you trying to say? (laughs) What an existence. It's just like terrified of existing. Come on, Brad. Things are going to go. Things are okay. Brad actively wetting himself as he records this podcast, just actively. <laughs> oh, and listen, I, listen, I, I am the calm one. When, especially if you take a look through Patreon right now, or look through uh, Twitter right now. Uh, Patreon has enforced some of its existing rules on not safe for work uh, artists, and told them, you know, you can't do certain things, like you can't link outwardly to public uh, not safe for work content. You can't have publicly available NSFW on your Patreon page. Kind of common sense stuff like that. Uh, that's always been in the rules, but people are losing their shit over it. They're out there, you know, going nuts. I, I, I'm out out of out of this group of people. I'm the calm one. <laughs> And that's and that's saying a lot. Well, do you think? Let me, Brad. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think that, like, on any porn set in America, anywhere, I'll even say the world, do you think on the set of any pornography, in between takes, there's a chick 
with her boobs flopping out and a dude walks up with his dong flopping out and sits <laughs> on the director's chair next door and it's like oh man right pornography and she's like woof <laughs> and then some guy runs up and goes what if nobody wants to buy this tomorrow <laughs> like that's never happened well no yeah that is a, true you know what i mean so uh, what i'm saying is yeah patreon's gonna go away you know one day yeah but the good news is is you've established an audience brad and they want your stuff so now that you've done that, you can breathe a sigh of relief because maybe this delivery system will go away, but they're not going to stop wanting the the content and they will they'll find a way to support you on that. And until you hear people in the pornography business going, this is a real threat to our industry, you know, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Well, and well, I take take any aspect of your cartooning away from it. Don't you think, Brad, that at this point it's just because it's been twenty years of constantly struggling that you're afraid that it's it's going to ever be that way? Is that isn't that the fear? Maybe, maybe uh, that's it, it, in other words that uh, that fear is habitual that I've kind of <laughs> trained myself to fear uh, year after year. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what? I I need to drink water today. I need to do that for the next 20 years. And then eventually you go, oh, I should really should keep drinking water. Like you've now said like, oh, I need to worry about bills for 20 years. And so even when it's starting to be okay, you're like, no, no, no. Got to keep worried about that. Yeah, maybe there is a little bit of that. Or Brad, maybe you've trained yourself to believe that it's what's it's worrying about it that's keeping it going. Yes. Uh, yeah, listen, that's, that's probably truer than I care to admit. Uh, that's... That hits a little close to home. You know, if I stop worrying about this, that's when the whole thing's going to fall apart. Yeah. I, yeah. I I think there's something to be said about, you know, because I always say to Angie, like, every time I'm a little bit scared about what's happening next is when we, when take, when we take our next big step. Every time I'm scared, mm-hmm. that's when we take our next big step. And so uh, I'm a little bit scared, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Um there's a little bit of, of health to feeling that and being aware of it, but I guess I'm lucky. So Brad, when, when I first started out during the dot com boom, uh, I got to be in on some of that, that pyramid scheme back in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sweet, sweet VC money. Yeah. That VC money. And, and I went to a buddy who, uh, who was doing something similar, except, Instead of doing web comics, he was doing video game news, and he had a a whole suite of sites. And he was making like twenty five grand a month from all these websites. And I'm like, this can't keep up, can he? He's like, oh no, it's all going to implode. And I'm like, oh no, you know what are we what are we going to do? And he's like, well, I'm going to be effed because um, I don't make anything because no one's going to yeah. be like, I need that video game news. But you make something people care about, so you'll be okay. And that I. I'm very lucky in that he kind of instilled that in me. He was like, you make something people want that they care about. So they'll find a way to support you. And uh, that's always held true. So I wish I could impart that on you. <laughs> I, I need closure, though, on this guy's life. Is he working at Best Buy now or what's he doing? Uh, no, he is the number one travel blogger in the world. <laughs> Is what's great though is that he, he was a, he was making things. I mean that's the thing. Like he he was he he knew how to create. He he did well. I mean he had already um, Gary at the time had built a internet company out of college, sold it, and I don't know if he was independently wealthy, but he was he was not hurting mm-hmm. um, when he started Stomped, and then that whole thing happened, and then um, after that he sold his place and just traveled. And then kind of reinvented travel blogging, and now he does a thing called Everything Everywhere. Um, dot com. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of reinvented the travel blog, so he does very well for himself. He's writing a book right now, I think. That's amazing. So, but Brad, to to get back to your point, so the uh, your your greatest goal in cartooning is basically to stop being an anxious person. Yeah, is that a, is yeah, that a maybe, good way to look at it. That's maybe the best way to to <laughs> phrase it up. Yeah, yeah, I, I chose the wrong career to have that particular goal for. Your greatest goal in cartooning is finally accepting that you succeeded. <laughs> maybe not accepting, but re- uh, 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 realizing. 
Oh, wait a minute. I have a different angle on this. Brad, do you think you can't accept that you've quote unquote made it because making it now looks so different than what you imagined it would be as a kid? <laughs> it does look different. <laughs> David. I don't know. You know what? Holy shit. So, okay, let, so let's talk about Web Comics Weekly. Uh, we used to talk about uh, uh, Creator's Guilt, uh, success, you know, the, the guilt that certain uh, artists would feel over being successful. And I used to really, that, that whole idea of feeling guilt over your success really bothered me. I'm like, I, that, that, that's the dumbest thing in the world. And what you're saying, what you guys are saying back to me is that what I'm saying sounds an awful lot like that. And that makes me very no, upset what, with myself. What, no, but what Dave is saying, oh, we need a couch. You need to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> what he's saying though, is that the win condition that you aimed for when you were very young doesn't exist anymore. So you can literally not reach it. Well, and you have not redefined the win condition for yourself yet. So you're never going to feel like you've reached that goal. Right. That's wow. Yeah. That's, that's, you're never going to be a syndicated cartoonist. Right. Yeah. And you're never going to be in 500 newspapers and you're never going to win a Rubin because none of those conditions exist anymore for what success is, you know? Right. Uh, and you're never going to be on a talk show panel with Charles Schultz also because Charles Schultz is dead. That's another reason. So just <laughs> let's no, just get it. No, that's also true. He did die. Let's just all get it out of the way of everything that we can't achieve in our life. So that's another one. Yeah. Uh, so, Brad, no, I, I listen, I, as much as Scott and I are kind of joking about it, I think we both appreciate where you're coming from on this is that we, we all we couldn't have gotten to where we got to without fear. Like, as Scott admitted, I got fear. You got fear. We all got fear. Yeah. Um, but like, that's not a goal per se. That can't be your goal. Like, what is your what is your cartooning thing you want to achieve before you die? Like, you go into the grave and you're like, I did X. Oh, what is what is that still? Well, hold on, hold on. Before we let's come back around because we've talked an awful lot about me. And before we do that, and, and also to let me think about that for a little bit, let's do because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to really reassess here. So you've got you guys have both given me a lot to think about. Let's go to one of your other goal. Let's go to one of your goals. Okay, so Brad, I've got two answers for this, and one of them is the egotistical question, and one of them is like the pure artist answer. Or sorry, the egotistical answer, and one of them is the pure artist answer. Okay. And and so you get to pick which one I go first with. I, I want to hear egotism first, always. <laughs> all right. The egotism first is all the awards. That's, that, <laughs> yes. That's, yes. That's yeah. just me being honest. Uh, it's That's me at my smallest. Yeah. That's what I want, is that I want all the awards. <laughs> like... That's not small. I'm tired of people thinking that's small. <laughs> I there like if 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 at the end of my days I was able to win one or two of what I would consider the big career awards for cartooning, that would feel really fun. I think yeah. that'd be I'd be like, it's okay to go now. I can let go. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I've already kind of come to peace with the fact that the only way I'm going to win one of those awards is if I live really really long and they give me one of those you haven't died yet awards. I'll take it. I'll take the You Haven't Died Yet Award. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to have a bunch of 20, 30, and 40-year cartoonists go, and to 85-year-old Dave Kellett for still cartooning. <laughs> Here's his double Reuben Eisner and uh, Harvey Award, um, or triple award. So, yeah, uh, so that's the that's the egotistical side of me, is that I would like to, at the end of my days, have worked, but that also implies that there is work that I was super proud of and and it would mean a lot to have won an award for it you know yeah 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 not just Um, win the award but that means that you did good work yeah like uh i don't know what this says about me at the moment but uh if i never won a big award for sheldon i'd be okay with that but if when drive ended i never there was no acknowledgement of it and no one ever got didn't get nominated for anything when it was all wrapped up i'd be a little sad about that i think like i that one i would like to have a little bit of good feedback for from the world. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't happen, okay, you know, so why so be it. But uh, that's the one where in my egotism, I would like to have an award for, I guess. Um, and then, okay, so then the pure artist uh, goal is if I can just keep doing this until I'm dying, great. Yeah. Like if I don't have to take, <laughs> if I don't have to take a second job ever, you know, um, that would be great. I would really, I would consider that a great goal. Um, so that's the, that's the more pure one. And then the more egotistical one is I want all the awards. So well, that's, that's on. my answer to that. 
This this is this That's is so bringing funny. back another big Web Comics Weekly flashback. I remember you saying that one of your back in in Web Comics Weekly, you said that one of your goals was to die at your drawing desk. Oh, that, did that I say would, that? I remember you saying that. Uh, is so that who still? Alex Toth went? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and is how did didn't Kirby wasn't he drawing when he died? Or no, am I misremembering? That? I don't know, but Alex Toth died at his table. They found Alex Toth at his table. Um, and for all, for for lack of a better description, Schultz kind of died at his table in the sense that when that strip ended, yeah. he kind of was like, all right, well, that's it, you know? I still, well, I still remember he, when his uh, final Sunday comic was hitting people's doorsteps, uh, that at that same time, we were learning that he had died. I mean, he died when his final yeah. comic came out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I uh, that to me makes total sense in in regards to his personality because I, I don't know w- what your guys' situation is with grandparents, but have you ever had it when a grandparent passes and then God rest them the the next one goes like six months later just out of heartbreak? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like that's how what how Schultz went. That la- he knew that last comic was going, and then he just kind of a little bit let it go and died of heartbreak. You know, and, and it's possible. It's very very possible. You know, I got to tell you, Dave, I I really feel both of your choices because I, I can't tell you how many people in, in places of uh, advisory roles in my life have told me not to give a shit about awards. But um, and fuck you. Of course you give a shit about awards because <laughs> um, you want to be recognized for your work. Mm-hmm. And you want to be recognized for your work by the people that could most get your work. And those are your peers. So when... When you do get an uh, an industry award, it it means something, and I I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna piss you off. I'm <laughs> not really satisfied with my Eisner. I'm st- still kind of pissed about my Eisner. I don't feel like it counts. Well, no, wait a minute. I'm not pissed off, but I want to know more. What? Explain this to me. What? What? Okay, so uh, I submitted PVP for an Eisner for best humor comic in 2004, and I was okay. nominated. Okay. Okay. Um, I submitted it. I said I think this is really funny stuff, and I think it's worthy of being nominated for best humor comic. And they nominated me, and I lost to Kyle Baker. Um, well, we all lost to Kyle Baker because he did Plastic Man that year. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he won best humor comic, and I was. 100% satisfied. I was recognized by my peers. They they nominated me. I lost to a superior cartoonist and I was like, "Wow, what a night." Right? Like I I did not walk away with yeah. an Eisner. Um and then 2 years later, um I get a call from I think it might have been Scott McCloud or maybe Steve Connolly and they were discussing this uh web comics Eisner and I'm like, "Why do that? Like why does it need to be a special award, you know, and they were talking about how, well, you know, comic strips won't be eligible. They have to be long form comics. And I'm like, well, I don't like that either. And, and so all of a sudden, uh, I'm starting getting congratulations in 2006 because I've been nominated for the web comic Geyser. And I'm like, um, and a lot of people were pissed off because PVP did not meet the requirements of that category. Um, yeah, it was not a long form comic. Oh, right, 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 long form. Yeah, because yeah. uh, at the time you had to be a long form comic, and uh, so I called Jackie Estrada, who ran the awards, and I'm like, "What the fuck? I did not submit PVP for this award. I don't agree with the award. People are mad at me. Why am I nominated?" And she's like, "I'm sorry if this upsets Jackie, but she's like, I'm really not supposed to tell you, but." the judges were sitting around looking at all the nominees and someone's like, why isn't PVP in here? And Jackie said, well, he's, you know, Scott's doesn't like the concept of the award and he wouldn't qualify anyway. And and the judges were like, yeah, that's bullshit. PVP should be in here. And they nominated me and I won it that year. And I'm still pissed about it. (laughs) (laughs) I felt it was, well, I only have one thing to say about that. I felt it was a fucking gimme, and I don't. I, my only thought there is, I want I want everyone to know that I disagree with that award, and uh, I really never want to be uh, nominated for that award. Uh, you know what, Brad? I hear you, and I would like to echo that I also disagree with all the versions of the Eisners, and I never want to be nominated, Jackie, yeah. for those awards, Jackie. You guys are jerks, <laughs> but this Eisner says best digital comic, and it does not say best humor comic, and I'm still pissed about it. 
No, I wow. get that. No, I, I, get I, that. I totally get that. Because for you, it's like it's almost like a version of a Best Participation Award for an Eisner. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes, it's a little pat on the head. Welcome to the welcome to the you know like next year you can be at the adults table. Here's the kids table. Right. I yeah. don't like it. So I want to amend my answer because I'm realizing that in <laughs> in past shows, no, because this is true. Yeah. Uh, on any given year. Uh, I don't necessarily want or need an award. Like Brad, we talked about before, like for an hour, you look at the Eisners and you go, dang it. And you're mad. And then you go, oh, well, and you go back to life. Yeah. Like on any individual year, I don't want an Eisner, but I just, I want those big awards before I die. Does that make sense that like on any individual year, I don't care, but I want them sometime before I'm 80. Sometime. Yeah. It just has to happen sometime, not necessarily this year or next year, but at some point it would be nice to know you hit that, uh, you hit that peak. Yeah, like at some point before I'm I'm cold and in the grave, and and they're like, well, you know what? Here's a here's a soccer trophy for you, David. And I go, oh, great. And then I and then I go home. <laughs> um, Is there one that would wait more in your mind over the others? He wants the Reuben. Uh, well, we we've talked about this before. Uh, f- I want. I listen. I'm going to be at my my most honest here. I want both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like a Reuben and an Eisner eventually at some point. Um, I'm now 43. I figure I got maybe 25 more good years of cartooning in me. Mm-hmm. I can maybe figure out a, a, a way to do I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever do it. Uh, maybe I've reached my peak and I'm already going downhill. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, if I'm being honest about it, I would like both is, is the truth. Uh, do I need both? No. Do I need one? No. But I would like both. Um, yeah. So that's my answer to that. How about you guys? What would you rather have? Eisner's probably both of you. Mm, that's no, I'd rather have the Eisner than the Reuben. But that's only because I grew up aware of the Eisner. I didn't really know about the Reuben until later. I so here's an interesting fun fact. I didn't know about either of them until I was well into my 20s. Huh. In fact, I remember the year that you were nominated for the Eisner, my genuine reaction was, "Oh, what's that?" Like I didn't know what <laughs> yeah. it was. Really? And I'm not saying this in a, I, I, it's more of a, a knock on me than anything else. I just, yeah. I thought I knew a lot about cartooning and I didn't know what the awards were in the, in the field. You know? Yeah. Why would you know? Um, I don't know that, I don't know that a 20 year old knows that kind of stuff, or maybe they do now because of the internet. I don't know that when we were growing up and there wasn't an internet, like how would we have known about the Rubin or how would we have known about the Eisner? Reading Hogan's Alley or something like that. Yeah. Or, or cartoonist profile. And you're like, it's a sentence that you glossed over, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know what an Eisner is. La da da. Go back to my day. You know, that exactly. Kind of exactly. You know what? You know what award I want the most only because it's the best design award out there is the Ink Pot Award. Oh, oh that yeah. is a great award. Yeah. I don't even know what it's for, but um, oh, I, you know what? Wait, uh, hold on. I told Brad this once and I want to repeat it to, to Scott because I want to get his reaction. You know what award I want? I want one of the Angoulême awards because I told this to Brad once. Oh. If, if I can get, if I can get, if I can get the French to think that I'm a great cartoonist, then I will truly have succeeded. Like that yeah. will be the greatest mark of, of my career. Uh, I agree. Also, uh, this makes me think about this. What, what award don't you want? I can name it. <laughs> I can name it. Really? Uh, I but know what, what I'm, ki- I know what it would be for me. Shall we all say it at the same time? All three of us? Yeah. All right, one, two, three. SPX Ignats. awards. <laughs> yep, okay. That's right. <laughs> that, that, the that Ignats fucking award. <laughs> the fucking brick. I couldn't remember the name of it. That's <laughs> the Ignats. Oh, man. No one wants that piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, what That's did Brad say? I, I heard Scott, but I did not hear Brad I, in the background. Well, what no, I, I sandbagged both of you because totally. I could see it in my mind and I couldn't. I couldn't make the word happen but it was i i was i was right there along with you I, but i sandbagged oh did, did <laughs> you, you say I the both... tony award <laughs> no dave said dave said spx i said ignats and brad said my wife's approval <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gave up on that one a long time ago too <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've we've put it off long enough so scotty what are your the the last goals you want in your career like 20 years from now 30 years from now what do you what do you truly want that you haven't yet um, achieved I would like to create something that resonated with people that was timeless. Mm. That wasn't rooted in some uh, bullshit pop culture. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I, I'm very, very proud of Table Titans. I'm, I, I feel about Table Titans the way you feel about Drive. Like, I love PvP, and I've, it's given me so much, and I've, I enjoy drawing it every day, even still, 20 years later. But 
I'm 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 really like Table Titans is the thing that I was hoping I was going to draw when I was in high school and college, like something really right. awesome. But still, right, right. it's still the D and D comic, right? Like it's still connected to another pop culture or nostalgia, and I just don't feel that. It's timeless. It's never going to be Peanuts. It's never going to be Calvin and Hobbes. And maybe this mm-hmm. is the same um, bullshit that Schultz suffered from where he was like, I'll never be, what is it, Wyeth? I'll never be MC Wyeth or whatever he used to say. Yeah. Right. And everyone's like, who cares? You're Charles Schultz. What does it matter if you're not that painter? Um, and actually, to call back to LA, Abraham Ben Ruby was telling me, like, God, 20 years, 20 years, Scott. And I'm like, I don't like to think about it. And he's like, no, you did that. Own it. You own that. You've done that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but when you're dead and gone and people are thinking about your work, you know, that's going to be a big deal. I'm like, that's not going to happen. He's like, it is going to happen. It will happen. And I wish I believe that. I feel like I've yet to create anything that will out, that hasn't much of a legacy. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. No, I, I, I completely get that. Like, I, I haven't cracked it open in a while, but if you crack open Calvin and Hobbes, there's out of the however many thousands of strips in Calvin and Hobbes, there's maybe five that won't make sense a hundred years from now. Right. Um, and so I get what you're saying is that there's a, there's a, there's an aspect of all of our work that is too rooted in the time that it's from where it's a little bit of a bummer as we get older because we I look mean, back on it we go, oh, that Scarecrow and Mrs. King joke ain't going to age well. You know, the- <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like, yeah. look, I know that I know that everything is going to age. And if you go back and look at Mutt and Jeff, it's like, you know, well, well six horse heads to a dollar. And you're like, what? <laughs> but um, but um, there's a difference between watching something like Peanuts Age and watching Bloom County Age. Yeah. yeah. Like you go back yeah. and, you and read Bloom, Bloom County, County is the one that really gets me depressed because Bloom yes. County I was super, super enthralled with. And if you can't, you cannot go back and read those old ones uh, without a, 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 a decoder ring. You know? Yeah, you're like, oh, I used to think he was so smart, but I think he just put Casper Weinberger's name in here because it was funny. So, and I wonder if you experienced this with Drive, but with like, with PVP, the audience is um, uh, pvponline.com. <laughs> Didn't make me laugh. I'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, fucker. <laughs> um, and with Table Titans, it's um they log in, they read the thing, they go on Facebook, they talk about um, you know, the strip and what rules maybe D D rules were in the strip that day, and then they're talking to their buddy. Uh, like um I remember with PvP, it's like, hey, um, my dad had a stroke and it killed my mom. The stroke was so bad she died, and my dog ran away, and PvP is gonna be ten minutes late. They're like, fuck you, you're a mm-hmm. fucking asshole. And with table tight, and it's like, I stubbed my toe, and they're like, take the week off. We're here for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that might also be that you've cultivated better fans too, right? I mean, in in terms of this this life change, right? Maybe. Or or do you think it's just that because what I'm saying is like all these table titans fans kind of got it and started with you when you were at a better Later. point in your own it's true maybe i but i also think it's different consumable yes no and i guess coming from drive yeah. i 100 percent echo what you're saying is that you get you a different know, kind right. of long-term invested reader you know so now my question to you is what scott said uh, do you have an overlap between sheldon and drive uh, yeah, but no. Um, so I am not great at the metrics of that, but in my own kind of terrible personal, you know, survey of, of, of my readership at, at, uh, comic cons and yeah. stuff, there is definitely people that are like, Oh, I didn't even know you were doing sci-fi or, Oh, what's this Sheldon thing that you have on the table? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But, but there's also a lot of people like I've been following you for 18 years and Oh man, I, I love Sheldon. When drive came along, you know, there's that too. So, uh, I, I have basically three slices of audience, one that just do Sheldon, one that just does, um, drive. And then I think the larger group is, is the crossover group. Um, that's not a very satisfying answer, but that's the best I can do. Yeah. I think we have a very, very small amount of crossover. That's a, that's a very simple Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know for sure. Um, all I know is that Sheldon has a far larger audience, but makes me less money. 
Drive has a far smaller audience but makes me way more money. And I find that fascinating yeah. that the 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 long-term commitment to a long-form story, those fans really will support. Um, uh, I don't know what to make of that. At the, uh, I guess the way to make of it is that um, – Easily consumable comics are also easily forgottenable comics. Yes, you know. Yes, they're easier to discard. And so, yeah, so it's it's like oh, I love that I love that Sheldon or oh I love that uh, PVP or oh I love that SMBC comic today and bye I'm out the door going <laughs> well, on to the next well, thing you know because, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. because all of the internet is that is like that now everything's Tumblr and and it's all 140 characters you know it's all quick content it's all interchangeable yeah, and the, right and you're lucky if they slow down their scroll to read it. And then right. if they do, so much the better. And maybe you've got a chance at gaining a follower and maybe getting a Kickstarter pledge down their line. But basically, it's about slowing the scroll at this point. Yeah. Not even stopping. Forget about sending traffic to another place. It's all about just slowing the scroll. It's about slowing the scroll. I get it, yeah. Brad. I hear you. I'm picking up what you're saying, Brad. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, slow that scroll. I'm I'm also sending you both uh, subliminal messages because we are at almost the the uh, hour mark. <laughs> oh geez, yeah. are we really? Yes. Oh, so man. we should probably we should we should probably wrap this up and it, ask Scott please to come back again because this has been an amazing show. This is what happens when you don't do a podcast for ten oh, years. Oh my gosh. together. <laughs> well, there is another podcast that I want to make sure that I mention, and that's the one that uh, I do along with Scott and the aforementioned Corey called Surviving Creativity. And if you want to hear some more of uh, Scott uh, talking comics, that's a very good place to go. And there's lots of good stuff there. And give the uh, URL for that one, Brad. Uh, that's another Patreon-supported one. So the best place to go get it is patreon.com slash surviving creativity. I mean, I'm sure if you just type surviving creativity, it, if you, <laughs> I forgot. Let me say it it's lower. Surviving creativity. Is it surviving show? I don't remember. Maybe it's surviving show on, uh, on Twitter. On Twitter, it's at surviving show. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like a version of when someone at a party is like, so what do you do? I'm a cartoonist. Oh, what, what's your site? <laughs> I don't remember at the moment. Just look Dave exactly. Kellett. Just look for just, me. Just put it in You'll Google, find it. You'll yeah. Just Google Scott Kurtz <laughs> <laughs> and then run. <laughs> well, Scotty, this has been awesome. Thank you for coming by the show, man. This is great. Of course. Anytime. And Brad, you want to take us out, my friend? Yeah, I'll, I'll be the one who says you've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. Your First of all, your guest has been Scott Kurtz, creator of PvP, Table Titans, co-host of Surviving Creativity, and uh, also of uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King fame. You may remember him on there. That's true. <laughs> and your hosts have been Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and cartoonist of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. And Dave Kellett, co-director of Stripped and the cartoonists of Sheldon at sheldoncomics.com and Drive at drivecomic.com. And the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from... I always stumble over that. The Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. Comic Lab is made possible by your support on patreon.com slash comic lab. So we'll go ahead and say that twice. Patreon.com slash comic lab. 